If your job is on life support, you need the job doctor. My brain is a walking database of thousands of case studies on how careers rise and fall. I'll help you diagnose what's really going on. It's the guidance you need to get back on track from someone who's been there. You can make the money you always wanted to make, doing the type of work you have always wanted to do. You may just need a little help from the job doctor. Hello, everybody. The job doctor is in, and today we are talking all things careers. I've got some juicy questions coming, and uh, we have our first caller on the line. His name is Jacob. Uh, Jacob, welcome to the show. Hi, Tessa. Thank you for having me. You bet. Uh, Okay, Jacob, just for my benefit, give me just a little bit of background about who you are, what level in your career you're at, and uh, what industry you work in. Yeah, so I've I've got about ten years of work experience now. After after my graduate school, um, I work in marketing in the property management industry, oh, okay. um, kind of a niche area of marketing, doing some some customer experience. So even though it is marketing, it's it's less advertising and more so. Um, how are we making an impact in the lives of the hundred thousand plus residents that? live with us. So uh, it's a really fun, challenging job. I know this industry very well. So I'm actually excited to talk to you about it. Um, it's a tough industry, property management. There's a lot of washout and a lot of turnover. So I am very curious where we're going to go today. So Jacob, what yeah. is on your mind today? Well, I am, I'm very happy in my current role. In fact, like I, I found myself over my career changing jobs every two and a half years. Usually I hit that two year mark and I feel like, all right, I'm just going to be doing the same thing over and over again. And I start itching for, for something new. And that hasn't really hit me yet, but I was, I was approached by, by the CEO of another company who's, who's asked me to come and join them. It would be a good career move for me moving from a director level to a vice president level, something that I, I had on my radar that I wanted to do mm-hmm. um, a couple of years from now, but I've been given the opportunity here to do a little bit sooner. Um, but it's a big jump in in my career, and so I've just I'm, I'm kind of running through some questions in my head about what does that mean, compensation wise, bonuses. Given that we're we're kind of midway through the year right now, mm-hmm. it's not it, all my other positions I've taken on towards the end of a year yes. um, for the, the next budgeted calendar year. Um, so I've just got some a lot of things running through my mind about this opportunity, and that while I'm excited about it, I just want to make sure that it's the best financial move. For okay. Me so before I act like the crazy ant that just comes in and gives you all this advice, I want to make sure I understand. Are we analyzing whether you should even make this move or have you made that decision already? Because what I don't want to do is talk about something that you've already made a decision on. I've pretty much made the decision okay. that I'm going to make the move if if the compensation works out. Fair. Since I'm happy where I am right now, I don't want to leave my current job for just say like 10% um, salary increase. So. I'm I'm waiting on the offer letter right now. I don't know what that number okay. is going to be. I do know the range because they're the the headquarters is in a state that requires them to list the salary range on mm-hmm. the job description. So that's kind of where my first question okay. lies. Is yeah. Well, okay. Let's dissect this offer of yours. Um, first yeah. off, what is the range of pay that they've said is available for this job? Do you want like the actual numbers? Yeah, I want the actual numbers. Okay. You bet. Okay. Yeah. So the range that they posted online is 175,000 to 225,000. Okay. It's a a big range. Yeah. No, that's okay. That's about Um, right for a range. And what are you currently making? 
I'm currently making 185. Okay. So I'm already within that range that they've posted. And obviously I'm, I would want the higher end of that range, okay. but I don't know how that works now that, that companies are posting it online. Is that what they really are aiming for? Does it vary by candidate? Yeah. What, what let's stop I there for a minute expect? and just explain how that works. So range is a pay that companies outset. There's the low and the high end of the range. Companies are going to um, almost uh, nine times out of 10 target to pay somebody between the lowest and midpoint. That's what sound compensation management looks like. A company isn't going to go to the high ends of the range except in rare circumstances, and this is why. You get redlined. When you're redlined, it means it may feel super good to come in at $225,000, but the company next year is going to go, sorry, cannot play, cannot pass go. You're at the top of the range. And then it suddenly, what felt like a wonderful move for you, then you get really irritated really fast because you're at the top of the range. So that's how ranges work. And that's what you could probably expect is somewhere south of midpoint is where they're going to try and uh, put you. So that's how that that's how that works. Now you mentioned something else that's really I think important and that is bonus and coming in mid-year. I cannot stress enough how many people screw up this part of the negotiation and they come in and the bonus is prorated. They just assume because they had a 20% bonus, they're going to come in at a 20% bonus and they're going to be made whole. But if you're prorated, comes bonus time and you just lost half of it because you came in mid-year. You can almost always negotiate the full bonus payout or have it not prorated if they're worried about performance, have it not prorated if you negotiate it before you go in. And that is the number one thing that people get stung on on a pay negotiation is they lose, they think that they're ahead and they lose money. So I want to make sure that I caught that. Now let's talk about what the right amount of pay is for you to make. And what have you, what have you already conveyed to them about what your expectations are? I conveyed that at first I let them know that I'm happy where I'm at. I'm not interested in a role. And then, then when I saw the salary range on there, I was like, okay, if this, if this could make financial, a good financial decision, then, then I'm willing to, to make the move. So I've indicated where I'm at and that I'm not looking to move for say, a 10% salary increase that okay. I would be looking at, you know, the 15 to 20% range, especially for a moving to a vice president role. Okay. Um, and now I'm playing the waiting game, waiting to see what, All right. what comes back. Okay. I, so, so they're going to come in at 15 to 20%. So what you did is, I mean, there's going to be people that argue with me, but when you set what, like you did say, I, you know, I, I wouldn't even consider it unless it was a 15 or 20%. You just identified what your pay is going to be because they're not going to go, they're not going to exceed your expectations. You know, pay negotiation is a little bit of a game. So they will probably come in at 15 and if pushed, go to 20. That's what I would expect if they're still talking to you after you indicated that. Um, <laughs> and that wouldn't be bad. I mean, that's going to put you at a pretty decent spot in that range. My guess is they're going to come in around 205 for your offer. Okay. So all I would say is this. Money seems to be the primary driver for you and title to move and to continue moving every couple of years. Make sure, because I know property management, I know this industry, there's good ones and there's really bad ones. Make sure that you have looked on Glassdoor and you have an indication that the company that you're moving to is a good company with good leadership. Because if it is not... You just screwed yourself. 
you may have a pay raise, but you're going to pay dearly for it. And so, and, and the other thing you've done is if you leave your current role, I don't know how many jumps or hops that you've had, but at some point it's going to work against you, these two-year stints. And I don't know if it's going to be today. I don't know what's going to be tomorrow, but you're going to have to be really mindful. So weigh, weigh the leadership factor in. Weigh the bonus factor in and understand how bonus is calculated for this company. Have they talked to you about that yet? Um, just that it would be a bonus percentage in the range of what I'm at right now, but I had not heard back from them yet on the timing okay. of those payouts. And I didn't want to bring up the proration point until I had this Good. full formal offer to start negotiating. Great. I would insist on having something in writing around how the bonus is going to be calculated because it's also notorious that when you're told that will be calculated with you and you'll figure out how that bonus plan works when you get on board, that also does not usually yield very well for people. So even if it's a very simple calculation and you say, and you back into and say, let's, let's at least get something in writing on this. What is your expectation on either, you know, uh, how do we measure this? Is it revenues we bring in? Is it the, the rents? Is it the fill rate that we have? Whatever it is that they're measuring, create a simple measurement if they don't have anything and ask what they achieved last year and make sure that you're, you have it in writing and you've signed up for something that you feel from your experience is doable. Um, because when you don't, those notoriously get pushed and pushed and pushed until it's bonus time. And then they're like, yeah, the whole company didn't do so good. Like you did. Okay. But like, we're not profitable. So you don't get your bonus. And I just don't want you thinking that you've made a great move and you're going to make all this money. And all of a sudden you find yourself with bad leaders and a bad bonus plan. So work that out. Now's the time to do it. Um, if you're going to get it right. I interviewed with them a while ago. Again, it was a role that they approached me about Uh and I've know some folks who work there. So I'm, I'm, I feel comfortable kind of talking to them and they, um, they brought me in for a role, flew out, met everyone, uh, decided that I wasn't the right fit for that one, but they've continued to talk to me since. And then when this new role came up, that's where they started um, kind of talking to me more aggressively about it. Does that give me any more leverage in the salary negotiation, given that they've They've known me. They've been talking to me about joining their company for a couple months now, and now they've got this role Maybe that they're excited for me about. Let's talk about what leverage is for a minute. So leverage is, do I have something that the company wants? Um, are there other candidates they're talking to? Do you know that? I assumed they were. When we first started this conversation, they were really excited about me and then said, well, you know, we just posted the role, so we, we want to go with everybody um, so I know that they had talked to other folks during the process. Okay. So um, I'm going to put that in the neutral column. They may have somebody they like, they may like you the most. We'll put that neutral column because we don't know that you're the only man standing here. Did the person before you leave already? Uh, it's a brand new role. Brand new role. Okay. Yes. Um, okay. So you have a little bit of leverage in that it's a brand new role, uh, a brand new role because the company obviously has a need, an unmet need. And that mm-hmm. is not getting filled. That puts leverage in your corner, not theirs, because they're not getting it filled. They're struggling with that. So that's a little bit of leverage that you have. The fact that you have a track record and you currently have a job, that gives you leverage because you don't have to leave this job. If you were unemployed, you would have no leverage, but you've got leverage because you're doing something right where you're at. So that's good. You've got leverage there. Do you have results that you can share with them from the current company that shows the uplift you've been able to get or the outcomes that you have achieved? Yes. Yes. Okay. 
the more of those you have, the more leverage you have too. Because it's like a company that wants to hire a salesperson, a salesperson has tremendous leverage when they say, the moment they say, hey, uh, in my current company, I've always achieved uh, 120% of quota. Boom, leverage, right? That's what the company wants. I want somebody that does that. So the more numbers you can share, the better you're going to be with getting what you want. But the language of the business is numbers. And so being likable enough, good enough, uh, getting along with people is not going to be nearly as powerful as you saying, oh, here's some results I got over here in this area and this area. And here's a problem I solved over there too. That's how you want to treat it from here on out to, to make sure you maximize the pay package. And the other thing is if it's a new role, they are not steeped in the exact pay that they're going to give you. They may have posted what it is, but you could probably effectively negotiate what I call an if-then bonus to say, you know, here's, here's the way I'd like to craft this. I want quarterly payouts um, with maybe the bulk of it at year-end when we hit our year-end goals. But I want to be, here's the words that you use. I am a guy that is motivated to get results for you. And I like having skin in the game. So I do my best work when I'm really clear on what it looks like to win. I think setting the, the bonus mark out there a year is too far. Let's dangle that carrot every single quarter because you're going to get your best performance out of me if I'm measured every single quarter and we can get what you want. Would that be okay? Yes. Yes, that's fine. I want somebody yeah. who wins. I want somebody who's motivated by results. I'll take it. So that kind of language will help you a lot. But you read me like a book there. That That is what, what motivates me. So it totally makes sense. Oh, to good. To, you're, so you're saying like communicate that. Communicate it. Them, not only to sell me as a candidate, but so also. So few people will do that. I, it blows me away. They'll say, what's your bonus plan? What's the pay plan? What's my title? And really, if you're in sell mode, it's here's the outcomes I got. Here's how I solve this problem. Here's how I solve that problem. Here's what you can expect when I come to your company and try to do the same thing. Oh, by the way, I like to win. And I like to, I like to make a difference. And I want to have skin in the game because when you win, I would rather have a big portion of my pay on variable because I know that you can count on me. That's the kind of language that's going to get a company to get excited about you. Um, I have one more question. For Go you for it. Yeah, this is fun. I, so, love the, I love pay negotiations. Good, good. Well, I guess this last one is, is more so about kind of changing jobs at a little bit of uncertain time. I think property management, it's, a, it's more stable than, than a lot of other industries right now where they're starting mm-hmm. to see, I mean, I can't log into LinkedIn without seeing news about um, pending layoffs, but should I be concerned at all about taking such a high level position in a time of economic uncertainty? Or does the fact that this is a new role that they're hiring for, and as you said, it, it indicates a need within their business, does that long-term need for this trump any short-term economic uncertainty? Yeah, good questions. There's a few things I would want to know in, in your shoes. I would want to know, and I would ask these very directly, is your company planning any layoffs that you're aware of? How's your funding? Do you have enough funding runway to get you through the next year? Is there anything that would change your hiring plans for the year? You need to know what the company's thinking in terms of layoffs. And to protect yourself, I think it's very fair for you to say, I'm going from a job that I really love, that I'm doing really well at, to an unknown entity. And even though I have confidence 
that I can do really well for you and solve the problems and uh, we'll have a great relationship. I'd like to negotiate as a part of my package a severance, pre-negotiate a severance in the event that the company does an unanticipated layoff or decides to terminate me without cause. You can terminate me with cause if I don't do the job all day long without severance. But this will protect me so that I have runway in the event something unanticipated happens. And companies, it's like a marriage, right? When you're dating somebody and you want to get married, you're like, I love you so much. I love you too. And you never think about divorce. So that's the time to ask for your prenup is when you're crazy in love with each other. It's not when things start going bad. Like six months into the company, you're like, uh-oh, they've run out of funding. Hey, guys, am I going to be taken care of? No promises then. Get in writing up front. I did that for a company that I went to. It was a Fortune 50 company, and they had never had anyone ask the question that they could think of. And I had the severance pre-wired in, six months of severance, wired into my agreement. And they're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll put that language in there. No skin off our back because we think it's going to work out. They ended up moving the company to a new headquarters, and I couldn't move, so I would be laid off. And I pulled that puppy out and I got six months severance. And they were like, what? We've never done that. We, we didn't even realize we did that. Okay, I guess we're going to have to pay it contractually. We're obligated. It's a really fair ask when you're moving from a sure thing to something that has a lot of question marks. And all you have to say is the script I would use is in today's world where there's a lot of consolidations and a lot of changes, I think it makes a lot of sense that we pre-negotiate a severance, not in the event that I don't work out for you in terms of my performance, but an unanticipated uh, termination without cause. So I'd like to pre-negotiate that so that I have assurances that if anything does happen, I have some a safe landing for myself. And that is a very reasonable ask that costs them nothing. And again, companies, you can negotiate things that cost nothing. It costs nothing to them to do that right now, and they don't think they're ever going to need to trigger it. So it feels free to them. Do that. The analogy of a marriage couldn't couldn't think of a better one. And I'm <laughs> now I'm ashamed that I hadn't thought about that before. So thank you so much. That it turned into a compensation, even though I was more more role focused. Um, but thank you so much. I feel so much better, like prepared to negotiate this now with my talking points on the numbers and and looking out for myself long term beyond yeah. just this immediate title and salary increase that originally got me excited. Well, I hope, I hope it's all that you hope it will be. And I guess for those listening, I would just say, you know, when you think about principles for pay negotiation, most people ask for a raise the wrong way. They'll ask something like this, you know, I haven't had a raise for two years. Um, I am working really hard. And when Jane left, I picked up a lot of her job and, you know, it's 7% is what's going on with inflation. And it just feels like, you know, it's time for a raise. Nothing I said there has anything to do with a company. It's all self, 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 self-focused. And when you negotiate for pay, the principle is you always come at it from what does the company need? What is the company, what is the ROI for the company? So that's why I told you, you got to talk about what outcomes have I gotten specifically? What numbers did I drive? What have I done differently? Because when you ask for money a different way and say, well, I noticed that you're really trying to get uh, inroads into this particular channel or this particular audience. And uh, I happen to have done that in my last job. And I have increased their productivity by 25% in that area, or I've filled the rents or the rents are hundred percent filled uh, in that area. And then if you do your homework on a company and you know that certain people have left or they're, you know, you, you can say, 
Plus, you know, I noticed that you're short on people who have this area of expertise. And I happen to have that area of expertise for you. Anytime you say what the company needs versus what you need, you are increasing your odds of getting what it is you ask for. So everything you do from here on out to go into that is all about, here's the problem you have, here's how I'm going to solve it. And then you get them frothing at the mouth about that. And then you can say, can I have that severance? Can I have that? You know, and then at the very last, you can, you can ask for those things that you need, but that's the way you do it. Got it. Okay. Thank you so much. This was so helpful. Wonderful. Good luck. I hope you are wildly successful. And that next time we talk, I can refer to you as a VP. Uh, I think that would be fantastic. So good luck. And I hope you seal the deal. Thank you so much, Tessa. All right. Thanks for calling in. And uh, for those of you listening, thanks so much for listening to the show. And if you have any questions that you would like to ask, please go to thejobdoctor.com. You will find all kinds of resources on that website. In addition, on the front page, uh, the job doctor is in. You can ask any question you have and I'll answer that for free. And you can also follow me on Job Doctor Tessa on Instagram where I answer all of your questions in voice memos. I know, that's crazy, right? I can't believe I can still do that, but voice memos make it easy. So we'll see you there. Bye-bye. If you like my podcast, you will absolutely love my book. It's called The Unspoken Truths for Career Success, Navigating Pay, Promotions, and Power at Work. I wrote it because I could see that people didn't understand why some people got ahead and some people's career stayed stagnant. So if you're interested in building a more frictionless career path for yourself and having a better experience with work, this is a book that you need to have. It's called The Unspoken Truths for Career Success. You can buy it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or go to my website at thejobdoctor.com.